Captain's Log Supplement. After our encounter with our as of yet unknown enemies, I have authorized my tactical officer to question our guest. Hopefully, we can discover the truth. And soon. made your way down to deck four, which is where the brig is in the mm-hmm. sort of main security section. Just to be clear, uh, like you're sort of in like a police interrogation setup. So right now, Gil and Seraph are like standing in front of the Star Trek group of like one way glass. Yep. And Locke has it's, entered the it's, brig it's proper. It's a force field type setup, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, so, there's a small booth that he's in and it's separated from the rest of the area by a force field. Yeah, so he's in he's in a small room separated from force field. Locke is standing in front of the force field, and the two of you are in another booth that's mm-hmm. hidden from his view. I see. Okay. So he so I, the guy in the brig can see Locke, but right now Seraph and Gil are hidden. Is there a console in the room that I'm in? Yes. Okay. Then Seraph... you're in like the control room. Like you, Seraph could drop the force field kind of thing, okay, so and you could also communicate with Locke. In game, Locke. Seraph takes up his position behind the console. Commander, I will monitor conditions within the brig from here, if that's okay with you. Understood. Go ahead. I have, in fact, already begun doing so. <laughs> Excellent. Continue to do so. Thank you, Commander. I will. All right. And uh, okay. Kirk, I Gil think just shakes yours. Gil yep. just shakes um, his out, out of Out of character, the kind of setup for the brig, I imagine it's fairly similar to what we see on the show, where there's a couple of uh, cells that are blocked yeah. off with the force field, and then there's kind of a larger open area that we can walk in that I imagine has some consoles and some chairs and tables, stuff like that. Maybe chairs, yeah. And he's sitting on like a, a jail cell bench facing the force field. Okay. He's not, he's not restrained in any other way. He's just sitting on this bench behind this force field. All right. As I uh, enter through the door, I go to the pad and make sure the door is locked by pushing the lock button. <laughs> um, so in game, I walk casually up to the cell, grabbing a chair on my way, placing it in front, and sitting down on the chair facing him. Not uh, not saying anything as of right now. The uh, the gentleman looks at you and says, "Well, I'm I, I'm assuming you're here to apologize for putting me into a holding cell. One moment I'm your guest in the medical bay, and then I'm what a prisoner. I see. So this is how you. What did you call yourselves? Humans do things, eh? Uh, in game, I continue to sit." Not really acknowledging what he's uh, asking about, but giving him a very hard look with my eyes. The longer we sit here staring at me, the more likely it is that those Kazon ships you outran catch us. I slowly stand up to a firm and proper posture, uh, standing up in front of the cell, about a foot away from the force field, just staring down at him as well kind of broadening my shoulders a little bit, making myself look a little 
bigger in game while I'm standing there not saying anything. Um, a little a little smirk uh, grows across my face, and I just I just say that you're going to rot in here. You know that, don't you? And you can see you can see something's going on because he's. He's sweating really profusely at this point. He's inches a little closer to you on the bench without getting up, and he goes, What's that supposed to mean? What have I done? What is my crime exactly? You want something from me? The truth would start. What truth? I've told you the truth. We were attacked. What more do you need? You saw what they did to me. Well, what you say and what the facts are don't line up. What facts? Well, why don't you start telling me? I've told you everything I know. Gil taps his communication badge. Ask, ask him to do it one more time from the beginning. I would like to hear it firsthand. What, what exactly happened? You are the most inefficient communicative race I have ever met. We Thank were you. on a scientific long-range scouting mission. We were studying the ion storm that your ship stumbled into. During this analysis, a raider ship showed up with the Kazon, the, the terrible uh, armored race. They boarded our ship, wiped out my crew. Luckily, I was able to hide in a closet with only an injury. Then they beamed away somewhere and escaped, leaving my ship for dead. That's when your away team aborted. Now, I need to give I need you to give me some specifics. What is your ship? Describe it to me. The ship, it was made of metal. Are you as stupid as you sound? <laughs> what shape was it? It was pointed. I am sorry, is your follow-up question going to be my birth date and code name? Those things do not exist. So unless you have something else you want to ask me, I am demand that you release this force field and return me to my home world. The Kazon, what do they look like? How to describe them? They are covered in some sort of naturally occurring armor. Uh, they have twice as many appendages as we have. And all of them can be used as hands or feet. They, they end in these terrible sort of serrated blades. They, they, they don't have mouths like you or I, but rather like just openings that seem to exude rows and rows of endless teeth. What ships do they fly? Obviously, the ones that attacked your ship. Describe them to me. Well, I must admit, they are probably very similar to ours, but that is only because we are from the same system. Uh, they copied some of our technology. That's not really helping your case. What do you mean? It doesn't change the fact that we are the victims here. And the ship we found you on, that was indeed your ship? Yes, I've already told you that multiple times. And that you were scouting in the Ion Storm. Yes. Why is it so damn hot in here? Seems rather comfortable. I In fact, I, I could turn it up a degree or two. 
So you are kind revels in torture, then. Ah. Fine. I am a magical fairy person who will grant you every desire. Now you can release me from this force field and return me to my homeworld. Well, see, here's the thing. We checked out those coordinates, and there's actually nothing there. What? That's impossible! It's not impossible if you're lying to me. I'm not lying to you. That is our homeworld. And what is your homeworld called? <sighs> Trabe Prime. I am Mibus of the Trabe. That is my species name, the Trabe. Why were you on that ship? <sighs> I told you I was part of an expedition. We were attacked by the Kazon. Why did they attack you? Because they hate us, obviously! Why do they hate you? How does one reason with such dirt-crawling scum as them? They are as alien to me as germs or bacteria. I do not gather to understand their reasoning. As Locke continues his exercise at tearing down the uh, prisoner's walls, uh, Seraph continues to monitor the conversation, and as Locke is getting further and further along, Seraph taps his badge and makes one small suggestion. I would suggest you try and focus on the similarity between his technology and that of the Kazon. That seems a very strange sort of coincidence. Perhaps there is something more there that he is not revealing. Mm-hmm. And then Seraph returns to monitoring the uh, the ongoing events. I'm assuming you also have uh, the uh, temperature controls at your hand there, yeah? A number of controls regarding the brig are within my reach. So, Baelish, was it? Mavis. Mavis. What was your role on the ship? Uh... I was uh, head communications officer. You can tell you can tell something's happening. The, the thing he, he he's like basically got his head on his forehead and wiping away the like oodles of sweat coming down. He's no longer looking at you. He's kind of staring at the floor. Mm -hmm. Is he like we we can see him through the um, I guess whatever screens uh, or cameras or monitor or whatever we might have on him. Yes. Uh, is he looking in pain? Like, distressed? He's just, just looking very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like he might if you had stayed in a sauna too long. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Mr. Seraph, could you increase the heat? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are horrible. <laughs> that is certainly within my capabilities, Commander. Please do a couple of degrees at a time. <sighs> that is... Quite the idea, uh, head, Commander. Head what? communications officer. I was head communications officer on a Trabe scout ship. We were attacked by the worthless Kazon. Now you were on a... You said a scout ship. Yes, yes, yes. But you were a research vessel. Yeah, a research vessel for deep space exploration. Um... Uh, in game, while like yeah. 
uh, my character. I was like looking and making sure I haven't been to this area of the ship in a long time. I was making sure all the panels and stuff were working. Everything was not broken. But I'm walking over now, fully interested in what's happening. Uh, yeah. Any character. Why, why are we torturing this man? Gil turns to Mirren and says, uh, if I may, please refer to me as commander first, Mr. Mirren. Second, we have found that there may be more dangerous life forms in this area that well, we'd rather maybe not have an advantage against, but any information is better than none at all when it comes to survival. So I'm not completely for it, but this may be how we make it out of here in one well, piece. Commander, can't we just leave then the area without torturing this man who may or may not be innocent? Mr. Seraph, your opinion? Of course we should make every effort to keep the levels of oxygen and heat and other environmental controls well within those regions that are safe and comfortable for any guests on board the Voyager. This is very true, but it seems that uh, the more time we're going to spend in the Delta Quadrant, the more problems we're going to have to face. And every problem may have a solution, as gross and obscene as it may seem. Uh, sometimes we have to get our hands a little dirtier than I would personally like to, for the good of the crew, the good of everybody on this ship. And sometimes that means one person on the ship who is not part of the crew may have to be a little uncomfortable. Commander, there is an old saying amongst your own people that the road to perdition is paved with good intentions. I believe that it would be in our best interests to try and keep from heading down that road, no matter why we might go in that direction. Best to remain civilized, even in an uncivil quadrant. Gil takes a deep breath and and gives a, a curt nod. In game, Helmsman Drake touches his comm badge and pages Exo Edison Gill. Commander Gill, I believe maybe you guys should get back up to the bridge. It seems we have hostile ships incoming. <sighs> Understood. Be up there immediately. Uh, and the klaxons of Red Alert uh, follow... Yeah. in the armory room, or the brig room, uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, Gil taps his comm badge. Mr. Locke, please uh, switch places with Edson Slater. We're going to need you on the bridge. Yeah, just get a, uh, a quick nod, and then, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll make my way up to the bridge. Right. But not, uh, not right away. <laughs> I head immediately over. Yeah. Um, as, you, uh, as you enter the bridge and sort of replace... Uh, the B-shift people at the various stations. Quinn comes out of his ready room, you know, uh, pulls down his shirt and sits down in his chair. <sighs> what are we looking at, Mr. Drake? Captain, it seems we have two ships coming in, identical to the ones that were chasing us in the Ion Storm. <sighs> Could be our friends from the Ion Storm following us through Walt. Mrs. Seraph, can you give a scan of those ships? See if it is indeed our friends or some other compatriots? Yes, Captain. 
Sensor profile suggests that these are indeed the exact same two ships. Well, I guess we can increase warp and try to outrun them. Captain, these ships are hailing us. Well, that's a switch. Shall I respond, right. Captain? Open channel. Hailing frequencies open, Captain. This is Captain Ulysses Quinn of the Federation Starship Voyager. You have committed hostile actions against a Federation starship. Normally, this is not tolerated. But, in the sake of diplomacy, we are willing to converse with your kind. We ask that you drop out of warp. And surprisingly, the alien ships do so. And with a quick hand gesture to Drake, he also, Quino, orders uh, the Voyager dropped out of warp. Affirmative, Captain. I set it to... Out of warp. <laughs> I, set, out of I, warp I, I turn the dial from warp to not warp. Okay, and just before we converse with them, uh, back to Locke. Mavis, seems your friends have caught up to us. Now, I need you to think very carefully as to why, if the Kazon are so alien to you, why their technology is so similar. I'll let you stew on that. And I'll let you stew on this. If you make any sign of weakness to the Kazon, they'll tear you limb from limb, just like they did to us. And as he's saying that, I uh, unlock the door, walk out, uh, tell Ensign Slater to keep an eye on him and sit down in my chair. Right. And then head to the bridge. Okay. And the view screen comes to live with a, like, reddish, almost like apple-colored, what you would basically describe as a uh, giant spider. Uh, the, the creature is sort of hunched over a console and chair that does not really look... Uh, built for his kind, and uh, the in in like just like the 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 gentleman in the brig mentioned, uh, he doesn't have a mouth so much as a well like the spider equivalent of one. And the 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 creature starts to speak in in clicks and squeaks for quite some time. Starts to speak in Ilrath. <laughs> and uh. Surprisingly, maybe because uh, Seraph has got some of the uh, files from the other computer, or the universal <laughs> translator is starting to kick in. Yeah, it finally starts to become words that you can understand, but they're very disjointed, like uh, a non-native English speaker trying to trying to make sentences. Attention, flesh things. We are the Kazan. <laughs> We have notified that you are in possession of one of them. We missed him in our revengeance. We request his presence on our vessel. Quinn signals to Seraph to, like, mute our side of the comms for a second. Audio muted, Captain. Well... If we assume that this alien is telling the truth, then it seems that 
our friend Brig was at least somewhat truthful. These do appear to be the Kazan. They do match with his description, Captain. <sighs> what does he want with our friend in the brig, I wonder? It would seem to me that he would like to finish his revengeance, Captain, which probably does not involve anything particularly pleasant for our guest. This may just be a situation similar to the first two races that we had encountered in this in this area just a few uh, weeks ago. With respect, Captain, maybe an inquiry into the root of the revengeance might be in order? Yeah. Alright. I would also suggest you ask what exactly they intend to do with our guest should we transfer him over, just so we know what it is we may or may not be agreeing to. Mr. Seraph, That's... they killed everybody else on that ship. Uh, but we don't is it know just that for killing, sure. or is it torture? And uh, Seraph stops as Drake speaks, and then he nods. Oh, and yes, that is also a possibility. Thank you, Drake. It's not like we're treating him any better, anyways. Well, I, Quinn, Quinn, well, Quinn looks puzzled at <laughs> Quinn looks puzzled at Mirren's uh, comment. Mister Mirren, what do you mean? I mean, like you said, we locked him in the brig, and now I don't know. We're questioning him. Just yeah. doesn't seem. Uh, a diplomatic questioning, that's all I asked of Locke. Why, has something else occurred? Uh, not that I'm aware of. This doesn't seem comfortable. I understand. a little uncomfortably. <laughs> I, I understand. I mean, it's not always the best of situations. But no physical harm has come to him. Right, Mr. Locke? That is correct, Captain. Then I have to trust that we're acting within Starfleet's best interest, at least for the time being. All right, Mr. Seraph, reopen the channel, please. Kazon, we do have the member uh, in our custody at the moment. He was severely injured, and we have treated his injuries. Perhaps some explanation as to why you are here, why you assumably attacked his vessel, and what exactly you would plan to do with him if we were to transfer custody over to you. Uh, might aid in our moving forward. <sighs> we do not see the need to explain anything to you, fleshling, but since you seem to be in the way, we will simply state that his kind is evil. It is only proper that we pay in kind, as he has done to us. We have scanned your vessel, and have found him in some sort of protective force field. We cannot penetrate with transporters. You will lower this force field, or we will inflict damage on your flesh kind. I'm afraid that's not going to happen at the moment, and you haven't answered my question. I am not inclined to explain, but perhaps we can board your vessel and speak face to face. And then they cut out from the communication. Was that last one a threat or? 
Drake asks nervously. I'm not sure. (sighs) Mr. Locke, have they powered up the weapons or raised their shields? Not that I'm aware of, Captain. And our friend is definitely still behind the force field. Correct. Captain, may I? Yes. As an expert in things being broken by other people, I would like to make notice (laughs) of the fact that... uh, the damages we saw on the ship where we recovered our new passenger happened on the inside. So yes. I don't know if inviting them onto the inside of our ship is the right move. Yes, I realize that. On the other hand, but Captain, inviting sort of... them in may be the only way for, towards a diplomatic solution. If this is some sort of interspecies war that they're in the middle of, I don't want Voyager to side with either one. And I believe denying them access to the ship might persuade them otherwise. I believe Voyager can probably take these two ships, especially if they haven't repaired the damage. But there might be other ships waiting. Captain, if I may interject. Yes, Mr. Locke. I would need some more time with our guest in the brig, if you don't mind. I don't know how much more time I can give you. Perhaps it would be best to allow us to also speak with the Kazan, and then we can compare their stories. Very well. Mr. Locke, I want you to return to the brig and do what you need to do. Mr. Gill, I want you and a security team handpicked by Mr. Locke to greet our Kazan emissaries in transporter room 2. Understood. So there'll be five of you heading down to the transporter room then. Gil and Seraph, and then your security team will be Ensign Slater, Crewman Burcham, and Crewman Corwin, both security personnel. You head down to deck 4, and the five of you proceed to transporter room 2. Um, and Quinn uh, reopens uh, the channel on the bridge. Kazon, this is Captain Quinn. On... As an act of good faith, we will allow a small delegation of your crew to beam over at your ready. However, we must note to you that our men are armed and trained in combat situations. Please do not try anything as you beam aboard. And then a few moments later, uh, the transporter room comes to life as four rays of light sort of begin to materialize onto the transporter room. And the uh, the view screen didn't do justice to just how strange these creatures are. They out really of, are... Out of character, are, are they gooey? Ew, don't no. ask No. <laughs> They're crunchy. Slimy. Definitely. It's like, are they greeting? <laughs> no, they only do that when they piss. Uh, no, they're not excreting. They're just, they're like, um, they're like crustaceans. The more shiny chitinous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Looks like their shells um, are buffed, almost. Oh, they're lobsters. They're, they're about human, they're about human height. You know, somewhere between 5'10 and 5'11, mm. but because of how long and sort of segmented their appendages are, uh, if they were to sort of raise their spider like appendages above their head, they could go for another, easy another foot or so. Okay. And you see <laughs> that their legs. Trying not to throw up. 
Yeah. You see that their 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 claws are kind of curled in on themselves. They're standing on like four of their legs, sort of like a like a tripod setup, and the other four are sort of curled under their chest. The curling of their upper arms on their thorax is likely a gesture of peaceful intention on their part. I nod. And I step forward, hands outstretched. Commander. I step backwards, hands outstretched. Commander. I apologize if... The, the curling of their arms on their thorax is an indication of peaceful intention. Perhaps you should mirror that. Ah, correct, Mr. Seraph. And I mirror that exactly. Cool. Very well. You are... They, they're looking at Gil. You are not the one who spoke to us. You are his slave. If that is the word you decide to use for it, then sure. And these others. They are also his slaves. But I am the... Never mind. Yes. We can discuss the matters with our captain. So your uh, kind also keeps slaves, then? Not since a very dark time. You are confusing me. You are not slaves. Seraph uh, so inserts himself gently into the conversation. We are subordinates, but willing so. We do not understand. We do you understand together. what an, in an indentured servant is? That's not right. We know... <laughs> indentured? <laughs> we know only servitude under the sword, as the Trabe have treated our kind for centuries. Uh, In-game, Seraph nods his head as though something had become suddenly clear to him. Yes. Okay. Words tire us. You will show us to the other fleshling, like you, but not, so we may have our revengeance. I can do so, and I lead... Wait. Before before I do so. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, straight to the slaughter. Here we go. Do we not need the captain's sign? I was going to bring his dear captain, but I didn't want him to get upset first. I'm bringing him to the captain, and then not understanding that we were going to bring him to the captain and then killing us. So I was going to ask Jesus. first if we were to bring him to the captain. Well, yeah, well, go, actually. Go ahead and say that. Yeah. Uh, I do apologize, but unfortunately I cannot make that kind of decision on my own accord. I will have to bring you to our captain to discuss this further. We are not a patient kind. Where is your captain? You can follow us. We will head there immediately. Okay, uh, as they, as as you guys exit the, the transporter room, I'm going to uh, move back over to Locke, because Locke mentioned he was going back to talk to... Mavis, as he suggested to Quinn. So yep, I was going to say, as you enter, Mavis gets out, like, stands up off the bench and sort of, like, stares at you. Um, as I close the door, I lock it from the inside once more. Yes. And input my security code so nobody else can access it currently. Mm. And then I walk forcefully in his direction towards the, towards the cell. Okay. All right, maybe you have one more shot. Tell me exactly what is going on here. 
Or you may just be food to our new guests. Board the ship? Are you mad? Yes. Carry on. <laughs> that was a great response. Yup, fucking um, crazy, bud. You have no idea what you've done. You don't know the Kazon like we do. I know what end of my phaser shoots things. You, there is no way you could harm us more than the Kazon already have. We offered them civility, purpose, and, and they turn around and, and attack us. They're, they're, they're animals. I am not buying that story one second. So you tell me exactly the relationship that you and the Kazon have. And maybe we can work something out that allows you to live more than two minutes. He he takes he takes a couple steps forward towards the force field, still fair, quite a ways away from it because he knows what it is. But and he kind of does the same thing you were doing earlier, but he's not quite as tall as you. But <laughs> he tries <laughs> his best. Um, no, I am done taking orders from you. I am Grand Admiral Mavis of the Trabe Empire, and these Kazon are nothing more than servants. You will destroy the vessels around your ship and return me to my homeworld at once, or you will suffer our wrath. Is that so? So you went from a head communications officer to Grand Admiral. Shut up! I'm done talking to you! Release me from this force field, or be damned! You'll get you'll get what's coming to you with the Kazon if you limb from limb. You think you think they'll treat you any differently than us? Actually, they're being quite civil. That's only because they haven't found something they want from you. Oh no, they they found something they want from us. It's uh, well, I'm kind of looking right at it. His eyes go wide as he puts the dots together. You, you can't. I'm part of the, the Council of Admiralty on my homeworld. If you hand me over, uh, uh, the Trabe will hunt you for all your days. And how will they know if we handed you over, if there's no living witnesses? You you don't understand. The Kazon don't just, like, kill people. They, 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 they're, they're monsters. They, they'll, they'll rip me limb from limb while I'm still alive. Yeah, I'm not surprised. We have creatures similar to that on my planet. But uh, I imagine they'll probably uh, enjoy it. Then, then, you, then, you, must, then you, you must know this is, this is wrong. You must have some sort of moral code on your planet. What was wrong was lying to us from the very get-go. What was wrong was pretending to be something you're not and burdening us to heal your wounds when we could have just let you die. You could have came to us as the Grand Admiral, thanking us for saving you and presenting us with some sort of reward or some sort to that matter. Yet you continue to lie and spread these false rumors about what was going on when the facts, when the facts betrayed you every step of the way. So who is at fault here? You are correct. I assumed that she would be unhelpful. And in part, I have been proven right. But if lying is my greatest crime, then I still do not deserve to be murdered, surely. 
And what would I get if I were to release you and take you back to your home world? Well, whatever you need. Your ship surely, surely needs supplies of some sort. The Trabe Empire is vast and rich. You gotta do a little better than that. Well, you seem to be an explorer ship of your own. The Trabe have discovered many worlds in this region. Perhaps there is information that would be useful to your ship. And how many of those worlds have you enslaved? What? Do not think of it as slavery. Think of it as... indentured servitude. We have given them <laughs> meaning, purpose. Before they were crawling around eating worms. Then they were building our ships, our fleets, our weapons. Then they were stealing our ships and weapons. That's the thanks we get for giving them civilization. So, they're just lesser creatures to you? Obviously. That would be obvious to you, too, if you met them. Oh, I saw them on screens. They're different. They have more limbs. If that's anything to uh, speak about, then uh, they have more limbs than me. That's, uh, that's something on their side. And we're going to switch back... That was yep. a really good conversation, though. We're going to switch back to the bridge, uh, because Jordan had mentioned he wanted to see between Drake, Quinn, and Murin. Back on the, the security guys have gone down to the transporter room to meet the Kazon. And Quinn is kind of... For the first time, actually, because Quinn is quite a sort of placé guy, likes to lean back in his chair kind of thing. He's very calm, but he's pacing right now, looking sort of pensive, just staring at the walls. His guitar Captain, is there something stuff. bothering you? Well, Mr. Drake, this wasn't exactly what I had in mind when I took command of Voyager. It's funny you should mention that, sir. Wasn't exactly what I had in mind when I took the helm. Hmm. Two, two first contacts. We've made history in the last few weeks, and both times it's led to hostilities, I guess. I don't know. We haven't exactly come out shining beacons of virtue. But Captain, we we have done this. We have explored the edges, far edges of the galaxy universe. But uh, it'll be a miracle if we simply just make it back in one piece at this point. Yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't exactly say we haven't been shining beacons of virtue. I mean, we shouldn't be expected to in this case. But nothing we've done. I would say, has violated the Prime Directive. We, we stepped our foot in a few diplomatic matters, but, you know, we didn't, we didn't take sides. All we mm. did was open dialogues. And I think in our extenuating circumstances, we can't really be faulted for doing that when it's literally our asses on the line. Yeah, I know. 69 years from now, when we make it back to to Earth, or whatever. Hope we can still say that. Hope we can still say we haven't chosen sides or violated the Prime Directive. It's not going to be easy. But... Captain, may I ask a question? Yes, Mr. Merritt. 
we've put ourselves in an extremely uncomfortable situation right here and i just i just need to know what your priority is in this situation my priority is the federation's priority mr mirren peace if there's any way we can reconcile these two species well that be swell Lord Willen, we can get through this without any more bloodshed. Captain, I think it's a bit too much of a task to ask one small traveling ship to bridge a disconnect between two entire species. My greatest concern right now, as much as my heart lies with the survivor we found on the ship, we are facing a much larger threat that just simply wants this man gone only a little bit more than we do. <laughs> uh, I'm just very concerned. As much as I don't want to make any mistakes and violate any prime directive, it's simply that I just think that we're in over our heads and we might simply want to go along with one side for our better safety. As much as it, I really don't want to do that. No, Mr. Marin. Unfortunately, that one kind of went out the window as soon as we brought my bus back to the ship. Additionally, it wouldn't, right, it wouldn't have been right to leave him, but now that we've taken him on board, we've kind of put our foot in it. Additionally, no better than we than if we had left him, but if we don't, we're meddling in a way that we shouldn't. It's a tough decision. I certainly don't envy you in this case, Captain. Drake, I wanted to ask, and you and, and the Captain himself, is there a version of this where we can escape and get away from this with minimal harm done? I mean, if we take the captive and run, I mean, no blood will be shed and nothing violated, nothing gained, yet nothing violated. <laughs> I would argue, Miran, that that might be worse still than handing him over to just enter this section, this system, take him and leave, and then what? We sign him on to the Federation? We keep him in the brig? What do we do with him after that? We certainly can't just leave him on an asteroid and hope for the best. That'd be the same as leaving him with, uh... If it were up to me, Mr. Mirren, I'd go to the homeworld myself and free all the slaves and tell them there's a better way. That we found a way 300 years ago to put our past behind us. That's what I want. Captain, you're a golden man, but that is far beyond me, at least. For someone who can repair things, I could never repair that bridge on my own or with a small ship and single fleet like this. Not to preach, but unfortunately, when it came to setting aside our differences, they were quite literally only skin deep. I feel mm. like it might be a little bit harder to rectify between the Kason and the uh, insert name of other species here. <laughs> Trave. Trave. <laughs> As that conversation continues, Quinn gets uh, two communiques. One from uh, Gil informing them that they're bringing the the Kazon delegation up to the the captain's ready room, I suppose. 
uh, to speak with Quinn. And Quinn asks Gil and Seraph, obviously, to come back to the bridge. Oh god, they have four more arms to break things with. <laughs> and uh, he also gets the communique from Locke, uh, informing him that they have, that Mabus turns out to actually be a Grand Admiral in the Trabe Empire. Hey, this is Nathaniel Kiefer, writer, GM, and producer of Voyager Done Right. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Hey, if you liked what you heard today, then you can do me two big favors. Number one, keep on listening. New content every week. And number two, tell your friends and get them to start listening right now. If you want to chat with us, you can drop us a line on Twitter or join our Discord server. Those links are in the description, and I promise to get back to you in a reasonable time. Say, three to five years... And if you really like what you hear, you can check out our Patreon page. Nathaniel Kiefer Swimming Pool Construction Fund thanks you in advance for your time. Music from bensound.com and the cast of Voyager Done Right includes myself, Nathaniel Kiefer, as Captain Ulysses Quinn, Richard Jellison as Commander Edison Gill, Christopher Kiefer as Lieutenant Commander Seraph, Jordan Wood as Lieutenant Commander Miran Oka, Kirk Dawson as Lieutenant Leon Locke, and Thomas Hyde as Lieutenant Junior Grade Wallace Drake. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time.